Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we have eight games to choose from here on Tuesday night in the NBA. In this one, we're taking a look at the Knickerbockers. They are in Portland taking on these Trailblazers on the road still. Also have another game video up for you with those Pellies and Lakers and the player props. We are bringing you each and every weekday, so like and subscribe to that page. Also want you to head to thelines.com. That's our website where we have all the great written content up there for you guys and more about the NBA. Also have plenty of March Madness in full swing right now as well. So head over there and use that odds finder tool we have up there as well. Um, You can make sure that you're getting all the odds, the best odds available to you from sports books, giving you guys bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this eight game slate for everyone and talk about this game, Knicks and Blazers. Yeah, we got Cavs minus seven and a half at the Hornets here. The Pistons plus 13 at Washington. Then we got Nuggets trying to right the ship on the road here. Plus one at the Raptors who are back home <clears throat> after a long road trip. Lakers in a pick at New Orleans totals 226. We break that game down for you in a separate video. Macau Bridges' Nets are plus one and a half at the Thunder. We'll see if they can keep their magic going. The Orlando Magic, minus five at the Spurs. Bucks, minus one at Suns. Both teams on a back-to-back after some uh, exhausting games there last night. And then the Knicks, yeah, it opened around a pick They're now minus two and a half, despite Jalen Brunson listed as doubtful. That is moving the total, however, from 232 down to 228. And at first glance, I mean, that that is a very low total for the Portland Trailblazers. But Damian Lillard being questionable, I think, is affecting that movement. Yeah, Blazers have gone over in four of their last six at home. And all six of those have gotten to at least 227. But if you are missing two top all-stars, oops, uh, no, that's not actually the classification for Jalen Brunson. Should be, but two top all-star guards. Yeah, you you will expect a lower scoring event. Uh as, especially if, um, you know, with the Knicks on this exhausting road trip. So I'm not really trying to target that over. I'm just trying to target the Knicks and, and say, you know what, they're they're good enough to beat the Blazers, even if Dane plays without Jalen Brunson. I mean, they're just a better overall team because, you know, one of the guys who doesn't score a lot, who is actually vital to the success of either team is Josh Hart, who's now playing for the Knicks instead of the Blazers and, the Blazers are pretty much the worst defense in the league since getting rid of him. I mean, they were even bad before that, but <clears throat> um, dead last in defensive rating in their last seven home games. Yeah, dead last in defensive rating at home over their last seven here um, since the All-Star break, giving up the second most assists, uh, fifth highest offensive rebound rate, fifth most paint points. You think getting Yusuf Nurkic back would help shore up some of those issues? Well, He's been so effective, he was yanked in their last game after 10 minutes when they gave up 74 in the first half to New Orleans, a team that is not really very impressive offensively and in some ways similar to the Knicks. Um, and Jeremy Grant struggling. He's also questionable, by the way. He, he's you know He's got a 111 offense rating his last nine. The bigger issue is Amperty Simons is struggling with an ankle injury and in his last eight, he's shooting just 34% for three. He's a, he's a minus 65 with a one Oh seven rating in that span. So the last time the the Blazers actually won without Dane, they have two wins without him uh, in their last like 10 matchups. And one of those was actually at New York, but you're talking about huge games from Simons and Simmons and Grant who combined for 82 points. You're talking about 19 rebounds from Josh Hart, the aforementioned, and Nurkic 
you know, winning his matchup against Mitchell Robinson with, uh, and now Nurk is just completely ineffective. Um, so I just don't see where the Blazers are at. I mean, the other video, Josh was like, I'm not going to say the Pelicans are tanking, but they understand where their season's heading. I think the Blazers might actually soon start tanking. Like this is after that trade and how basically feeble they've been unable to generate wins, despite Damian Lillard, like dropping 60 a night. Um, Look, they're, they're not going to make the play. And if they are, they're not going anywhere. They can't get a stop at home or away. Like what, what do they have to play for? So I, I mean, the Knicks at just minus two, as long as it doesn't grow too much, I think it's a great opportunity to say like, Stars, stars out, but we're still riding uh, the better team, the more motivated team. Uh, you know, with the Knicks still, you know, clinging to that fifth spot right now. If the if the Nets are going to keep winning games, they're they got a lot to uh, play for right now in terms of their status. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the hell the, the Blazers are doing. I don't know what they were doing at the trade deadline. Um, like then go full tank. Then like what what are we talking about? Then like then you have to go full into it. Like you can't just take on Cam Reddish, get rid of Josh Hart to instantly make the Knicks like a legitimate threat to whoever they play in the second round of the playoffs if they can get past the first. Like the Cavs and Knicks are both going to present a problem to whomever they play in that one seed, probably the Bucks at this point, right? So like because of Josh Hart, by the way, like a huge part of it is Josh Hart. The the thing about this game too for, for Portland is just like, like you said, like w- what are you trying to do? If you look at what's what they've been doing in the last 10, even just take the last 10 games, Josh Hart's been gone for like 12 games, whatever. Like, Every stat that has to do with hustle, rebounding, uh, turning the ball over on the other team, not turning the ball over on offense, um, they're in the bottom three. Like they, they don't get points off of turnovers or the bottom 10, let's say seven, but they don't get second chance points. They don't get pass break points. They don't get points in the paint. They allow a ton of second chance points um, and fast break points and points in the paint. So they're just like you. you yeah, you, you can't win without any of that stuff. Like it, it's going around the league in general. I think that you're seeing a lot of teams suffering. I would argue that the the Celtics are suffering from awful play from Marcus Smart um, be, and, and a guy that is like a Josh Hart that you need that type of person on your team. And, and Portland just has none of that at this point. Even Jeremy Grant's turned into like almost like a Hollywood shoot threes and and try to score where he used to be like kind of like a grit and grind kind of player um it's just not even the case with him you talked about some of the numbers that have been poor for him the thing too about you know i say this because i do like the knicks tonight i don't like how many games they've been playing they played three and four nights had a night off and now they're playing again um so that's four and six right and that that's a lot of games and and that's a lot of games for for julius randall to have the bulk of the offense on him so i lean under before i even really start wanting to talk about the knicks to be honest um and look i'm also going to just be fully transparent. I'm really excited about what's happening with them. So I'm being full on pessimist because I, I also know how dependent they are on Jalen Brunson. We know that this season they scored the fewest amount of points, uh, percentage of their points after getting an assist they, and they have the fewest amount of assists in the league as well this season, even though they have such a great point guard because they're so ISO dependent, right? And and Jalen is the only, is, is really the one who you want making decisions at the end of the game. Um, if Dame doesn't play in this game, then like, come on, man, 228's way too high if Dame does play in this game like we we look no one has a more stark on off uh, offensive rating impact than Dame right now when he's on the floor this team has 121 offensive rating they have no business having that 
with that, with the other four guys that are on the floor with him, when he's off the floor, it's 106 offensive rating. That's a 14 point per 100 possession swing for Damian Lillard uh, and this Portland Trailblazers team. So we know they're not going to do anything in, in, in any sort of ancillary stat category. They're going to need to score a ton of threes and get to the line, by the way, a ton of times, which they've been doing over their last five to the tune of the fifth most because Dame averages double digit free throw attempts a game this season, essentially. Um, and, and like I said, without him, like, put it in the bag. Um, but even with him, I still think we can get below 228 in this one. It just scares me, obviously, a lot more. Yeah, and the Knicks will still be able to hound Dame if he's out there, and Tibbs will have them playing well. That they, they do play at a slower pace without Brunson, but I think you're being a little you're 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 being a little pessimistic as a Knicks fan to say, with you know, they're so dependent on unassisted field goals. Well, you take Brunson out of that, so they're going to play more team ball, and it just so happens they're playing one of the worst, uh, you know, assist defenses out there. A team that you can move the ball around on, get a good shot, uh, you know, get Quentin Grimes open, etc. I also, yeah, if you say Julius Randle's who you who you who you're leaning on, I don't worry about him in terms of short rest. He's an Iron Man. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think it matters to him if he plays every single night. I think he's built like a brick house and and maybe it helps with his rhythm because he just takes a lot of really weird shots that I'm sure help uh if you're playing more often and and he's been on a tear lately basically carried them to the win over the Lakers so um I'm not saying I would take the over for him here tonight I just think yeah if certainly if if Dame's gonna miss tonight and you bet this at minus two and a half you you should feel great about the Knicks Who knows what else might happen with the Blazers? I mean, Simons has been a sudden late scratch recently, too. If they're just going to be like, look, Dame's not fully healthy, like like I'm saying, like let's start to pack it in. Maybe no Jeremy Grant. Maybe Nurkic gets yanked again. And then you're talking about the Blazers of last season, which was pretty much the worst team in the league down the stretch and just an absolute doormat. So either way, we're kind of trending that wave with them defensively. It's just a question of whether Dame's going to be out there to try to get them into a shootout. Yeah, for sure. Real quick, it is hilarious what you're saying because Anthony Simons wasn't playing, then he came back, and he scored 39 on on Philly and almost beat Philly pretty much by himself because Dame didn't even play that well. Philly, Philly came back and won by one, but then he didn't play the next game because they're like, no, 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 we, we, we can't have you doing that, Anthony. Like, we're, we're not trying to win these games. You're not understanding. Uh, it's kind of what it feels like. But last thing I would say, I like the Knicks a lot in this scenario, 7-2 and two on the season when they are away dogs, covering the spread in seven of those games, winning those games by an average of about nine points, and those games average about 221 totals um going three and six to the over in in those nine so it is a scenario that the Knicks uh have thrived in and there's some consistency there uh to say that this is it does feel like they should be able to handle a small spread and uh go under a a nearly 230 total so we're looking at the Lakers and Pelicans and there's tons of revenge narratives to look at always when these two teams meet centering around Anthony Davis Who, you know, started his first, his his revenge campaign against the Pels with some monster games. Then was kind of quiet for a while as the Lakers were were true contenders. But now they when they've needed him more and when he's on this general revenge campaign, 31 points per game, 12 rebounds in two meetings. Those, those games have been split. Those games have both gone over. But... I don't really buy that we're going to see another high-scoring game here, mainly because Brandon Ingram, the other side of that revenge narrative, is questionable with the ankle. And he wasn't playing well before he turned his ankle against Dallas. 
uh, in his last nine. He had a 105 offensive rating. He didn't play well in the rematch at LA, which actually, now that I think about it, might not have gone over if the Pels only had 102 points. And, and Trey Murphy, after balling out in NOLA in that shootout, he was a non-factor with two points. He's coming off a 41-point game against that horrendous Blazers defense that we'll talk about in another uh, game. So it's with the Pels, you really worry about their ability to score. Um, I mean, the, even in this... Their last five at home, um, they're actually two and three. Not very impressive. Scoring 107. The pace was much slower than when they played these last three here during a homestand. And they've hit, you know, the, in these last three, they their offense has really spiked. And in, in the margins you look for, like 15 threes at 44%, that they're, they're a terrible three-point shooting team otherwise. 30 assists, playing a little faster. So And so they have been able to pull out two of their last three wins like that. But I don't think any of that, is really happening against this Lakers defense. That is, you know, since it became nut crunching time, so to speak, since the the trade deadline, since they really upgraded, third best defensive rating, second best three-point defense, and then number one limiting free throws. And then on the other end, especially since LeBron went down, just a parade to the free throw line, climbing on Anthony Davis's back, number one free throw rate. And Nola's given up the eighth highest uh, free throw attempt rate here in their last 13. That's a, that's a sample since, since Ingram came back uh, for what that's worth. I mean, even when the Lakers were able, I mean, when the Pels were able to beat the these Lakers with 131 points, uh, there's, there's definitely some, some spikes here that we're talking about 62% on two point shooting only hit nine threes. Ingram had game of his life basically in his return uh, to action there. And you're talking about a supporting cast with the Lakers that I'm sure you're going to dive into more of the differences, but we, I mean, Braun and AD, both good games. You got, then you got Pat Bev and Schroeder and, and, and Russ and, and uh, Rui all, you know, two of those guys, Schroeder and Rui now are in roles that are much more comfortable for them. They were, they're not asked to be like the number one <clears throat> option in the starting lineup or the, you know, in Rui's case, just a starter at all. It's, now you got D'Angelo Russell, who I incorrectly uh, slandered ahead of that Raptors matchup. It's just really impressive that the Lakers were able to beat those Raptors and carve them up um, while AD was basically benched because yeah. he was just kind of ineffective. Um, <clears throat> and they just didn't necessarily need him. And and then, so, I mean, now in a matchup against a Pels team that he, he can certainly exert his will on him and has with that extra motivation. And it's just the, the, the free throw margin we're talking about. Look, just, just to conclude. Yeah. I mean, just definitely like the Lakers a little bit more here in this spot. Don't trust the Pelicans as they continue to flounder here um, and lean under when these two teams get together. We're talking about the, we're talking about the fifth and seventh best scoring defenses over the last month or so. Uh, so two twenty six is a little high. And I would lean under on that. Yeah, I would lean on it too. I, I think we're in agreement here. You know, um, the, the feeling is the, the the Lakers and and somewhat of an under. But I mean, if Bi doesn't play, like just the Lakers, really, I think you know they're getting a little bit of value. Like I told you, because of the fact that they they played this this Knicks team pretty well. Uh, a Knicks team the other day on Sunday that they played well without um, without. Jalen Brunson playing against them. They they were kind of in control of that game. They had things the way they want them. Julius Randle just 
went off and and hopefully uh you follow one of us on twitter i was talking about julius randall that morning because i was like another revenge for julius randall who just goes off uh against his former team especially when lebron's not there like it's he's gonna be the second best player on the floor at all times ad did his thing and and really the lakers and what their sort of current identity is when lebron is not playing for them that's that's kind of what they were against that Knicks team. They were, it was a low-scoring game. They were able to play pretty good defense because the Knicks make it very easy to play defense by not getting any assists, which we'll also talk about in this Portland game for a second um, that they have tonight. But you, regardless, that is the identity of, of this Lakers team now is being able to hold teams to 110 or less, which they've done basically six out of their last eight games um, since losing LeBron. Uh, the only times they even went allowed a team to go over, they beat the, the Thunder, allowing 117 on the road and then they uh they let up 112 against those raptors in that win also at home um on the road maybe a little bit more uh they score a bit more it seems like there's a little bit more pace but really last time they were playing on the road lebron was around for most of those games and now just the addition of of jared vanderbilt as we talk about and even malik beasley who has been uh above average on defense defending the wing with with alongside him um you know they're making up for whatever d'angelo russell can't do on defense that's for sure and d'lo had a nice game the other night random which is what he does once every three to four games is look like a guy that you, you think should be a point guard, but then those other three to four, um, he doesn't, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm not really necessarily saying that he's necessarily the biggest strength, but without BI, like what, what do you expect from this team? Right? Like without one or without two of their three that they need between he and, and CJ and obviously Zion, who we haven't seen in forever. Um, this team doesn't win. That's why after, you know, being what they were 27 or 20, yeah, 27 and 13. Uh, and since that time, they're like 17 games under 500, one of the worst teams in the league for that reason and, and you look at like you said bi wasn't playing super well um but even in in their last five while they weren't playing super well on offense um i think this the, the pace was even you know even slower because that's what they want to do when he's out there giving them another mid-range shooter um alongside cj which is why they've been in, over the last three weeks anyway since bi was in there mostly they've been in the top five in terms of points coming off of the mid-range which also i like once again for uh for this lakers team it's something we've talked about since Rui came over and jared Vanderbilt and all these subs uh, and all these role players for them is that they finally have wing defense. If you look at how how many points they were hemorrhaging around 17 to 20 feet, 15 to 25, you know, 20 feet, whatever inside, just inside the three point line. Um, they were in the bottom five in terms of allowing, you know, points and the, and the opponent field goal percentage. And they've climbed all the way back up uh, to get into like the 12th in 12th best on the season you know, after being that bad for the majority of it. So just in a couple months, they've been able to at least up that defense enough um, to be able to really stop these two pointers and exactly what Nola wants to do because they still aren't making threes. Although in their last five, Nola has jumped up to being, you know, scoring the, hitting the 13th most threes per game in that time, which is very high for them because they've been about 25th for most of the season. So um, that just means guys like Trey Murphy, who hit nine the other night, right, is like kind of skewing what we're talking about here. So all these things tend to, to inflate these totals uh, and the projections for it tonight. So I think the under is a good play. And, and if you're going to be playing good defense, I think the Lakers can score more easily on, on the Pellies and vice versa. Yeah, I mean, you ask <clears throat> where are they going to turn without Ingram? It's, it's Trey Murphy who's really a new age NBA player in the sense that everything is either full on attack the rim or shoot a three. And the Lakers are doing a good job defending both those things. I know they're fourth they're in terms of paint points allowed, uh, but also fourth view second chance points when AD is out there. I mean, they certainly have a rim protector. Their road numbers are, yeah, they're, they are definitely worse since the start of February. They've only had two games, as you mentioned, without Braun on the road. 
And I'm really looking at AD's performance in those ones, 29 and 17, getting to the free throw line more often. So that's why he's in there in player props. You can look at a player performance double with him, uh, different ones, double, double, or, or 28 plus 30 plus points. Uh, because I, yeah, I think he will have his way here on both sides of the ball. He's get, now getting a little extra rest after sitting out that fourth quarter against Toronto. <clears throat> and yeah, it's just like what, yeah, where are the Pelicans going to find their source of offense against all these rangy defenders that the Lakers can now throw at them, and and a pretty good offensive system that's not just entirely based on AD. It does seem like oh, with LeBron out, they just got to feed him over and over. Not necessarily the case. Now they got D'Lo back, who, who you know, we, we slandered for his two-way play, and he's still a, a very effective offensive player and is someone is, is a tool for <clears throat> for Darvin Ham to use to to actually get some, run some good things and, and get um you know high quality looks that are gonna be the key tonight. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think on the other side, I, I'm not saying New Orleans is in any way, shape, or form tanking. They're still throwing their guys out there. But when B.I. is not out there, I mean, they're not even playing uh, Jonas Valanciunas really anymore. He's coming back from injury a little while ago. But at this point, he's still playing fewer than 20 minutes uh, a game because they're just throwing out the same lineup um, each time. And Trey Murphy's getting all the way up to about 37 minutes a game uh, at this point. I'm not saying playing Trey Murphy is tanking by not playing Jonas. I'm just saying like you have a, a starting center that could be helping you, uh, you know, in a lot of ways on offense as well, especially the way he was hitting threes. Uh, and, and it doesn't seem that they want to go that route. They're playing Jackson Hayes more than him, Josh Richardson. So they're, they're going a different route. Obviously Herb Jones and Trey Murphy getting pretty much the most minutes, just throwing it out there that all their young guys that they want to get run, not a tank, but they are saying like, we want to prioritize these dudes and see what we have, especially because who knows when the hell Zion Williamson's going to play basketball again. So, You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA play a prop for tonight, Mr. Davis. Yeah, AD has been kind of quiet. I mean, really quiet against Toronto where Josh wanted the over and I, I was a little more skeptical because of his recent splits. Uh, just throwing that out there, but Josh did kill it last night. Um, digressing here. The point is his, his points rebounds are down about three here to, to a more reasonable 39 and a half. Points are only at 26 and a half or 27 if you want better odds there. And I think he's just going to have a pretty big game here coming off 17 and 16 against the Knicks top rated paint defense and and now facing a Pelicans team that most importantly struggles to keep people off the line recently, eighth highest free throw attempt rate from opponents. And you look at a guy just like Paolo Banquero, 29 points with 11 free throw attempts when the Magic beat the Pels a couple weeks ago, obviously AD, a much bigger and more formidable guy to deal with. And and they haven't been able to deal with him. Jonas Valanciunas and company. Um, 
you know, he, he had some monster games in his revenge spot when he first joined the Lakers and played the Pels. Quiet for a while as he dealt with some injuries, but the la- into this season, he's averaging 31 and 12, shooting 62% from the floor with a 134 offensive rating. And of course, LeBron was in for one of those, one of them without him, <clears throat> and now playing without Bron in, in his last two road games, 29 and 17, and also getting the free throw line 11 times a game. So I think that's where he's going to do the bulk of his scoring. I think that's going to help the Lakers play at the pace they want here. And, um, you know, I, I also think the Pelicans are a pretty bad offensive team, and that's going to be a ton of off rebounding opportunities, really on both ends of the floor for for AD, which is where he's been making his hay. So, um, double double in a win, whatever those odds generate you on the on the player performance doubles, and maybe like twenty eight points in a win or thirty points in a win. I do think AD is going to get his tonight. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, I felt a little bit spurned. I, I was I was scared. It was forty two and a half points and rebounds prop or whatever the other night. And and AD does not play well against Toronto. Um, then he comes back with 17 points against the Knicks, right? Like the Knicks, we talked about that. Uh, Mitchell Robinson was actually a beast in that game, despite not being able to hit his shots, uh, which was weird because normally he's shooting like a hundred percent from the field. Uh, but either way, yeah, I think, you know, he, he was uh, pretty effective still getting those 16 boards against Mitchell Robinson. So um, it, yeah, I, I, I like the rebounds in there a lot, to be honest with you uh, in this game. And, and like I was talking about in the game video, Joe Val not playing nearly as much. You can expect AD to pretty much consistently be the biggest dude on the floor for for this game as he's going to play closer to 35 40 minutes than he is you know the 20 and 19 that joe joval has been getting so i think it's a, a pretty good spot for him um despite that i feel spurned right now uh i'm gonna go under on a big man and he's gonna be playing center in this game and that's evan mobley because jared allen's not playing in it um off bat probably scary to take an under on evan mobley points and rebounds right now in general especially against a charlotte hornets team that has been known for seasons in a row as uh one of the worst down low uh defenses I have counters to that though. So it's 31 and a half points and rebounds. That's minus 120 on DK. It's very high, uh, like really high because his points is at 19 and a half. His uh, rebounds is at 11 and a half, right? That's, that's ridiculously high. Um, he just played against this team against Charlotte without Jay Allen uh, two days ago, had 18 points and nine board. That was in 39 minutes versus them as well. Um, he actually gets fewer points per game when Jay Allen's not uh around so he, he gets 15 it's the same pretty much but he gets 15.8 when uh when without jay allen and then with with jared allen in there he gets 16 obviously the rebounds go way up he has 11 boards a game when jared, jared allen's not in there versus about nine when he is in there so he gets two more of them but all these numbers are still well below this 31 and a half points and rebounds prop um you look at his last 10 games overall mobley um and you know he's averaged 18 nine boards in about 35 minutes a game um, and has only gone over this prop twice in his last 10 games. So I, I, Charlotte, say what you will about them. They in their last uh, seven, they've actually gone from like the second allowing the second most amount of uh, points to centers to the uh, eighth fewest. So do with that what you will. I mean, they're getting a lot better. They still give up a decent amount of rebounds to opposing centers. And make no mistake, Evan Mobley's playing center tonight. There's no Jared Allen and there's nobody else above like 6'8 on this team anymore with Kevin Love gone. So it's it's Evan Mobley down low by himself where he scores a few less points. Uh, and I think you can expect him to stay under a really, really high points and rebounds prop tonight. Yeah, this is high. Like what Evan Mobley are we looking at? A guy who like almost never scores more than 17 a game and is not like a monster rebounder, even in the spot. Yeah, 11 rebounds is high for him. Uh, but how is he getting over 30 in this? Like the, the usage rate isn't really going to change. It's still right. going to be those two guards taking all the shots. And right. 
and then you got a blowout factor blowout too. Factor. I mean, yeah. you, you either got Charlotte, yeah, mucking it up right now and trying to keep it low scoring without Lamelo, um, or or just folding completely. And and their defense has been a little bit better at home all season. So I yeah, I think this is a good call for sure. Um, I'm taking the over for Mikel Bridges here. I I want to talk. Wanted to look at the Nets and Thunder and and try to predict a Thunder win because the Nets are frustrating. Me and everybody who's tailing that bet right now to see them in the play-in tournament Need that. Uh, as they just continue to win because Mikel Bridges is playing out of his mind. Um, yeah. Basically, if he's not playing a top-tier defense like the Knicks or Bucks or Bulls, he's been dropping like 28-plus. You exclude him when he had short minutes against the Knicks and Bucks in, in some short rest spots. He's averaging 28 a game in his last eight, hitting three threes as well, I think. The bet here for three threes at plus 105 is really good. Odds um, don't hate either 26 points, minus 105 there. Look, he scores against OKC. He uh, averaged 20 a game on 50% shooting his last two with Phoenix, but that was obviously on a much smaller usage rate than he's going to have here. Now he's playing a lot more two guard too. Uh, <clears throat> OKC does give up the six most threes to, to shooting guards on the season. Um, and he's just been lights out in this high usage role, showing what he can do at shootings, 51, 48, 90 splits here with Brooklyn as just clearly the number one option. Um, so like him here and kind of like SGA on the other side here, because if Mikel's going to be an offensive, uh, you know, high usage guy, I don't think he has the energy to also try to shut down SGA, which he was able to do a little bit when he was with the Suns. And that was my thought process, too. And I kind of thought about an SGA over because of that. Uh, I was like, is Mikel even going to be chasing him everywhere? Uh, and if you look at SGA versus the Suns, he did score, uh, you know, get get over his 30-point prop tonight in that last one. Uh, I also wonder, I didn't really look up at the matchup stuff with with Bridges to see how much he's actually guarding Mikhail, uh, SGA. It would be his the, the best player to do so when you're playing the Thunder if you're the Suns. But, like, also you have really, really good team defense. And, like, do you really want to? put him do you care maybe whatever either way like in this one he's their 1a scorer uh without a doubt so i i like i also like the the three pointers to get those uh plus odds there so uh i'm talking to Manuel quickly to finish off the props today nate and uh you know you, you called this one out as well i like it and look jalen brunson doesn't play take this prop very simple if he does play it's not the worst but it, it, it's it's a little bit scarier right it's a, it's a lot a lot of it scarier but um, yeah Jalen's doubtful though so we at could, this point we he's doubtful just, yeah that's true yeah. right yeah at this point it's not even questionable for him so um over 19 and a half really feel good about that with Jalen almost definitely not playing um and the nine and a half rebounds and assists is, is really good for for uh young quick as well um in his last seven which uh does just don't even talk about that game against Sacramento where he had three points. He didn't even get that many minutes. Jalen was in there uh, expecting him to play, and then he got hurt and had to leave, and that's the only reason, you know, quickly even got uh, enough minutes in that one. But uh, 22 a game in the last seven, four and a half boards and about four assists, um, and then pr playing pretty well against Portland as well in his last two versus them, um, getting a decent amount of uh, minutes, close to 30, so he got 18 points, four and a half boards and about five and a half assists there. Actually had a plus 24 when he was on the floor. Um, about a 27, 22% uh, usage rate, rather, um, and seven for 13 total from, from deep, uh, better than 50% in these last two versus Portland. So look, we know how bad Portland is on defense. We talked about it in the game video. They're worst in pretty much every metric or at least bottom five, let's say in every metric that you would care about when you're trying to play defense. Well, uh, and quickly, like when he, obviously, you know, he's the point guard when, when Brunson's not in there, his usage rate goes from 
23% to 19%. Although even with Jalen in there over the last roughly like seven games that they did play together before Brunson got hurt, quickly was still getting about an 18, 19% usage rate. So like getting some decent shots up. But most importantly, when Jalen Brunson does not play, he scores 10 more points a game, right? He gets up to 22 and a half a game with about six and a half assists, five and a half boards, um, getting about 42 minutes a game in those two games, uh, eight games rather, that he has played without Jalen Brunson this season, right? Like getting more than 40 minutes a game is like, no, you don't do that anymore. Um, and, and he's doing that in those games because they they really, he's their backup point guard. So you put him in and you really don't feel too comfortable about too many other guys out there on the floor with Julius Randle. Um, and so, yeah, I think this is a really good opportunity for quickly for whatever stats you want to take. The the points and the, the rebounds and assists is, is all going to look good for him tonight. Yeah, I'm most interested in the assists, but it's like minus 160 for him to have five dimes. So that's why I think it's great if you just tack on some rebounds and get plus odds all of a sudden. I mean, his rebounding hasn't been that high lately because the Knicks have so many big bodies, but I think there's going to be so many available rebounds if Damian Lillard's not playing tonight and if Portland's you know, offense is just completely stuck in the weeds. So I do think that you can kind of package it together here. And, and yeah, they're just... 28th in defensive rating, dead last at home, basically, over the last month is Portland. So there should be plenty of stats to go around. Yeah, I mean, I'm, honestly, I would be fine if you wanted to uh, take an alt on the assists to get it up to seven or to get up to six. Uh, because he's averaging basically seven assists a game without uh, Brunson this season. So feel pretty good about that. The rebounds and assists, he is averaging 12. Uh, and, and you got this thing at plus odds to get for him to get 10. Uh, you can also look at some double-double stuff in there. But I think quickly is a good guy to bet on tonight for sure. So that is all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. Check out the other couple of game videos we have for you as well. Until we see you next. Happy betting. <laughs>